Peace, family. It's your brother, King Cam, and welcome back to the Campaign TV show. I am your host, brother, King Cam, and today, as you know, I always like to keep it spicy. I like to keep it good. I like to keep the information coming for the family. I got a beautiful, beautiful brother that's going to be talking with us today about business, but most importantly, the structure of business. Now, this brother that's going to be talking with us today is an entrepreneur, obviously, has built a six-figure business on his own, you understand, and really has uh, shown the value of understanding business and growing it from the ground up. So my brother is a family man. My man is a uh, is retired from the military. So shout out to all of the service members who help to protect and serve on that behalf. A black man who is building a business and a family. And I'm talking about none other than my brother, Sean Item. He's also a coach in the ABS Institute and the ABS yes, tribe that keep us on point each and every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday with the Lions then, family. So you're yes, talking sir. about a hardworking brother on top of doing the stuff for his own business. So yes, I, I got my brother, Sean Item, in the building, family. So, brother, please introduce yourself to the people and let's go. Awesome, man. Thank you for having me. First and foremost, my dear brother, it is a privilege to be on your platform, man. I know you are very selectful about the people that you actually uh, allow to be on your platform. So I, I consider it an honor and a privilege to be here, first and foremost. Uh, but like you said, man, I'm Sean Item. Uh, you can follow me at Hair Science AK all over the place. Uh, I'm a man of God. I'm a father. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm the founder of Hair Science, uh, which is a, a barber brand, right? So we have a barber school. Um, we have a barber shop and we also have, you know, products that we develop and we sell online and offline. So, uh, yeah, man, you know, that's kind of my intro. Uh, again, thank you for having me. It's good to see you, Cam. Absolutely, brother. It's good to be seen. It's always good <laughs> to be seen and not viewed. You understand? So, um, so yeah, brother. So pretty much, man, just, uh, just kind of tell us about how you got started, right? Because a lot of us have different stories as yeah. to how we got onto our entrepreneurial journey. So what led you into the hair industry one, and then being able to grow and start your own brand? Yeah. So I'll take it back even a little bit further than that. I've always had the entrepreneurial bug, right? Uh, so even as a child, I was always that guy cutting grass, raking yards, selling candy, whatever it took just to be able to, to earn an a, a honest buck, right? Um, I was down to do. Um, and uh, I remember graduating high school uh, and maybe a year prior to that, my best friend, uh, Kelvin Williams at the time, uh, his family, they were in the hair business and uh, his mom owned a shop called Jan's Hair Care. So he ends up going to school. Uh, he wants, ends up going to barber school right after uh, he graduated. Now he's a senior. I'm a, I'm a junior. So like, you know, he was like a year ahead of me. So I was his guinea pig, you know, your best friend. That's usually the person that you go iron all, uh, all the wrinkles <laughs> right. out with. Right. So yeah. he kind of, I was his guinea pig. He used to come to my, uh, my, my dad's house and, you know, he would cut my hair in the bathroom. And like any black man, you know, we grew up in the barbershop. So it was always kind of an idea but like he made it real for me you know like just him telling me the experiences that he was having in school you know how much fun he was having and just the antics that would happen in the barber shop in the barber school setting kind of you know got got it on my radar I, I eventually went on to to graduate i wanted to go to barber school my dad didn't really deem it to be like a real profession at that time like he was like no nah, i don't want you to do that um I, I would rather you go to the military or i would rather you go uh to college 
Um, I was signed up for college, but it was just something in my spirit. I just wanted to kind of get away um, and spread my wings. I was young, you know what I mean? And I just wanted to kind of get away from the whole structure of the family and things like that and kind of just, you know, make a name for myself. So I end up uh, foregoing college and actually went into the military um, in 2002 is when I went in right after graduation, uh, got to Alaska, man. Uh, and I'll tell you a funny story about that. When I got to, I got my orders. Now orders, if people don't know, orders are like your assignment. Like this is what you buy, this is where you about to go, this is what you about to do. And I was in, I was in tech school, right? So I went through basic training uh, and I actually went to tech school, which is like where we learn how to do our job. So then they give you your assignment. Okay, at the tech school, this is where you're gonna go. They gave me my orders. And I remember it saying Elmendorf Air Force Base, and then it said comma AK, right? I remember seeing that abbreviation, brother, and I thought I was going to Arkansas. Arkansas. <laughs> I thought I swear up and down, bro. I like Alaska was so far off my radar, I didn't even know the abbreviation, right. right? So, so I get the papers, and I'm all around school, like, yeah, man, I'm about to go to Arkansas. You know, my parents live in Louisiana, it's up the street. It ain't too close, but it ain't too far. I'm good. Right. right. One of my uh, one of my sergeants looked at the paper and he was like, let me see your orders, because, you know, I, I, I that don't sound familiar. I don't remember no Elmendorf being in Arkansas. Right. So he looked at my, my orders and he said, oh, son, you ain't you ain't going to Arkansas. You going to Alaska. I remember my draw. I remember my jaw dropping, man, and just heart beating fast. I'm like, what is these people trying to send me? We in the military, so you ain't got no choice. Wherever they tell you to go, that's where you're going. Uh, but I ended up getting to uh, Alaska in 2003. Uh, I remember it being super snowy, couldn't see the roads, like it wasn't no lines on the road, just people just driving. It was like, a, it was it was a culture shock for me. Wow. I go from Louisiana, you know, like never snowing to seeing yeah. the most snow I probably ever seen in my life the first night that I got there in 2003. Uh, so fast forward, you know, barbering is still on my heart. It's still something I want to do. I get to Alaska and at the time it's, it's it's gotten a lot bigger in the 20 years that I've been up here, but it was like two barbershops. We had um, we had a couple, we had a barbershop that was mostly like Hispanic guys, Dominicans, Puerto Ricans. And then we had these two brothers uh, named Ty and Derek. Uh, and those were the two prominent places that I knew to go to at the time. And brother, we would spend anywhere from an hour and a half, two hours, just sitting in the shop, just waiting for these brothers to cut our hair because the supply wow. and the demand was so heavy. So every Friday we knew that that was just in our schedule. We was about to be parked. We was about to be parking, parking lot pimping for a little while in <laughs> right, the barbershop right. because it was just what it was. And that's when I really knew, I was like, okay, well, you know, the military didn't sent me out here, but maybe God got another plan because I had never been to a place where the, the, the supply and demand was such for barbers, right? And especially barbers that can cut black hair. So I got up here, man. And I'm just like, bro, like, I really think I could start a business out here. Like, I, I mean, I don't I didn't really want to be up here. It wasn't my plan, but let me kind of make the best of it. So I end up getting out the military. I don't go back home. I decide that I'm going to stay in Alaska. And, uh, you know, I went to barber school, knocked out my hours, got into my first shop. Um, I was in a shop where it was my first shop. Uh, shout out to House of Cuts. It's, it's no longer here. But um, it was divine that I was in that place, man. We were like brothers. Um, I had ATL. That was that was that was the best barber in the shop, right? And he would show me certain things. Couldn't explain nothing, but the brother would just show me through his actions how to get through certain haircuts. Right. And then I had the shop owner, uh, Eric Quinn, who uh, unfortunately passed away. And um, after he passed away, man, it kind of just it, it kind of sped me up because before then I knew I wanted to open up my own shop, but I was just so happy being with my brothers 
that I probably wouldn't have opened it up as fast as I had to after his untimely death. So once Eric passed away, you know, I didn't want to go. I, I feel like all of these other shops were my competition, man. I was like, I ain't about to go work in their shop. I'd rather, I, my brothers ain't going to be with me no more. I got to go do it on my own. So I ended up opening my own shop in 2008. And that was the beginning of kind of like me having a quote unquote real business and having to learn entrepreneurship for myself. Yes, sir. So you, you explained that being a culture shock as far as you moving to Alaska. Yeah. The funny thing about Alaska is that my uncle is retired Navy and taught in the school system in Alaska for 30, 35 wow. years. Right? Yes, sir. So, and he now lives in Georgia, but you know, just to explain, you know, the lifestyle in Alaska is a little, it's going to throw us off, you know, with, yeah. you know, looking like this is going to throw us off out there, you know, brother, you know, it's not the same, man. Yes, so, sir. Um, so, you know, so after you decided, okay, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to start my own shop. You, you, you've been barbering for a few years now yes. how do you get started you know in a in a place like you know in a place like that talk about how you you got started yeah. to move forward so what was fortunate about it is that i was starting in the shop and like i said um eric passed away um and then atl you know atley he had been through a lot so he just moved the, the brother was just tired of alaska he decided to move so what happened is all of those clients I end up becoming a barber, right? So I go from being the low man on the totem pole, nobody wanting to sit in my chair, to now everybody's giving Sean an opportunity. So even before I opened my own shop, as a barber, I was making somewhere of upwards of $1,800 every single week, just, just cutting, mm. right? So um, so this was the money that I end up kind of repurposes and, and to use to, to be able to create my barber shop. Now, how I got involved is just one cut at a time one client at a time, learning the business. The business is going to teach you business if you allow it to. So I would like to say that I went to some big old school or not. It wasn't that. It was the school of hard knocks and me coming up to experiences and trials and struggles and learning from them and falling forward. So that that that's really the way that I got my name out there and staying consistent, having a mind that I would never fold, never quit on my dream, remembering Eric, you know what I mean? And what he had invested in me as a mentor and as a brother, uh, remembering my mom and my dad and all of the trials that they had to go through as teenage parents to give me an opportunity. And, um, you know, that's, that's, that's why, you know, like I tell people, if you don't quit, it's almost impossible for you to fail. And I'm not saying that, you know what I mean? Like you won't have failure. Heavy, I, I'm not heavy. saying that you, I'm not saying that you won't have failures and there won't be lessons along the way, but I'm saying complete, like, you know, like as long as you're learning and as long as you're observing what the game is teaching you, it's almost impossible. So I, I really predicate a lot of my success on just being consistent. Like you spoke to uh, in my introduction, I'm a guy that just always shows up. I'm a guy that just won't quit. I'm going to do the work. You know what I mean? And because of that mentality, um, I think that's why I'm here in the position that I am today. Yes, sir. So talk about that mentality a little bit more as far as always showing up and always staying consistent, because it's funny that you mentioned that I actually just posted on Instagram about mm -hmm. how people act when it comes to branding and marketing their business, how to stay consistent. You know, yeah. how do you stay consistent to cre uh, creating content? How do you stay consistent to show up each and every day to do what you do? So talk yeah. about the driving force and the motivation behind you. Yeah. Um, you know, I believe, you know, and I'll answer your question, but I believe if most people will work 
as hard on their dreams as they had on other people's, that the whole paradigm would be on, on like, so I want to start with that because people work hard, especially black folks. We are the hardest working folks that you have ever seen. Um, it's just many times we're not working on the right thing. We're not doing the right work, right? We get off work after working eight hours, nine hours a day, and then we don't have 30 minutes to put into our dreams and to put into our legacy and put into the things that actually mean something to us. Um, to answer your question, man, I've just always taken my dreams and the sacrifices that other people, you know, had to do for me to be in the position that I am very seriously. So I knew that if, you know, if my mom is helping out with this and, you know, my wife is making certain sacrifices and my parents have made certain sacrifice for me to be on this platform and to me be, to be able to have a better and, and, and an easier way, right, um, that I knew the least I could do was be consistent. The least I could do was show up. And I always tell, you know, because I got a barber school and that's what I tell my students is that, you know, like if you would just show up, you will see astronomical growth with whatever you're doing. But the fact that you have to go back and forth in your mind with, will you even show up? And then when you show up, how will you show up? Right. Because some people show up often mind all over the place. Right. Not really tapped in, not really engaging, not being trying to be a part of the the, uh, the process, not taking care of themselves like they need to. How you take care of yourself in, in private always is going to come out. This is how you say it. Your private life is always going to to interfere or to help or hinder your public life. And there's so many people that want to be consistent, but they're not doing the things they need to do behind closed doors to when they're put on the stage that they could really shine like they need to. I'll give you an example. Clubhouse right now. Clubhouse is amazing. You're seeing people that I believe that have not had the platform, that have not had an opportunity to show that they've been doing the right things in the private, right? They've been doing the right things where nobody was watching. They was investing in themselves. They was buying the courses. They was in the communities. They were tapped in. And now somebody invites them to the stage and they turn on their mic and they blowing us away. And we never heard of this person before. Hmm. Right. So I want to encourage people, even, even if you feel like the consistency is not ma mattering right now, even if nobody's watching and if you're a solo entrepreneur and you don't have a team, even if you're just a single parent and you feeling like it doesn't matter, I'm telling you that over time, that consistency is going to pay dividends, but it just might not be right now. So you have to have a vision for your life. You have to be, you have to be able to see past today. And so many people are so nearsighted, bro, that I feel like the consistency piece is the major piece that's holding them up. Right. If they if they if you, you know, you're a content coach, right? Like you show a lot of people about social media and how to how to, how to have a better social media presence. That's the main thing. Just getting people to just be able to put up to two or three posts that they have to do. They got it. They're stars. They're star. They have all of the sauce. But just what it's going to look like right for the next two to three years while they're developing their platform. That's going to be the thing that's going to differentiate a champion from a dude that, you know, is never that goes unseen or unnoticed. So that that's my thing, man, with 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 showing up, man, I just believe I'm not trying to be any type of funny way. But I believe that if I keep showing up, that God, God is going to continue to 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 interfere in my affairs in a positive way. And that's just been my thing, man. I'm not the biggest. I'm not the brightest. I'm not the smartest. But Sean going to show up. You ain't got to worry about, hey, we supposed to be here at two thirty my time. 
I'm going to show up for you, brother. I'm going to be there. And, and what happens is when people start knowing you and that reputation gets out there that you're a consistent man, you're a consistent woman, um, that will open doors that your wallet or any other thing can't even open, right? Because your reputation proceeds you. So it's super important. I'm glad you put that post out there. And we really need to let that be the thing. This is the year of execution. 2021, we know what time it is. 2020, we got our butt kicked. A lot of people didn't know what to expect. Now it's about being consistent over those things that you say are important to you. Absolutely. And I kind of just want to speak to that, you know, the consistency as well as the execution, because when you're talking about consistency, it goes hand in hand with just doing it. You know, mm. so when people talk to me about, uh, you know, staying consistent and branding on social media or things of that nature, you just have to do it. Most of the time we get too caught up in trying to make it look perfect. Yeah. Trying to wait for the perfect time, the perfect opportunity to have a perfect camera, you know, or know how to do this type of editing. No, just put it out, you know, just, just put it out and continue to stay in the purpose or calling mm. or message that you are here to give to the world. One Love of the it. things that I that it just dawned on me, like today, I'm on Runway Billionaire's page and I'm just looking through some of his content. And as I look on other influencers' content throughout the day, I notice no matter what is going on, they are consistent in the message that they putting out. There you go. You know, it doesn't matter what's going on over here. If the world, how I is, feel, the world is falling down, going over, right, how I feel, they are constantly staying on their message and brand. It doesn't matter what influencer you go to, they're yes, constantly putting out that same message. Yes, sir. That same message. So, mm -hmm. as you mentioned, you know, it's going to start off slow. Everybody started at zero, unless your name was Kim Kardashian or you already <laughs> had a platform before social yes, media. But everybody started off at zero. So that yes, means that everybody who started live or started putting videos out, started teaching, started with one or zero people watching them. That's right. You understand? But they didn't let that deter them. They continue to invest in themselves, continue to uh, study the craft, and they continue to make content and stay consistent, showed up each and every week, night mm. in and night out. And eventually people started to say, hey, man, you know what? This person keeps showing up on my timeline. Now I'm listening to what they're saying and it's making sense. Okay, mm. so now it's starting to build and people are starting to get more intrigued as it to what whatever it is that you're putting out. So that consistency uh, piece is so important and we have to stop thinking that we have to wait on the perfect time because there's no such time coming. You're not ever going to have all of the right equipment. You're not ever going to have everything in place that's going to allow you to make it as perfect as you think it is. So you that's just right. need to just go ahead and do it, man. And just that's right. do it. So that, that, that's heavy right there. And I just want to give me and you a round of applause. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. So, and shout out to all of the people that's in the comments section. For those of you of Hair Science, has a six-figure uh, barber business school. You understand me? So that's what we're talking about. We're talking about, you know, his story and how he got started my man is in alaska right he's in a, he's, he's in alaska getting the roundups going you know what yes, I'm saying? making sure all the brothers stay tight um so that's where we at right now man i just want to shout out some of the people in the comment section shout out to sister taylor that's in the building brother winford that's peace, in there. Uh, sister davis in the building brother james you know appreciate everybody for tuning yes, in make sir. sure you like and share if you're on youtube subscribe hit the bell stay notified each and every time we drop a video all right so Sean, so now we got the we got the business up and running yes, sir. in Alaska. When most people 
get their business going. It doesn't start off as a full-fledged business. Yes. Okay. So it's still in that upscale side hustle stage. Yes. How yes, do sir. you transition now to a business? Cause you got employees and everything, brother. So you gotta show us how we navigate this thing. Yeah, man. Um, well, it comes back to what you talked about, uh, the consistency, right? And uh this dude, this one time I was looking at this thing, I don't know if it was a lecturer or a pastor talking, I don't know. And he said that God gives you vision, right? And what it looks like, you ever seen Legos? Yeah. <laughs> or a All puzzle, yeah. right? A puzzle, right? You're looking at the cover, right? You're like, oh, I want that. Like, that's exactly how I want it. But what you're seeing is the finished product. Hey, right? that's, how, that's how your mind go every time you yeah. wanted the new, yeah. logo, the new Legos. When as a young, as a little boy growing up, you saw the picture on the logo box. You're like, yo, I want these logos because yeah. it's going to look like this yeah. when I open it. But yeah, then so, you open it and it's like it's three thousand pieces and you're like, hold on, I yeah, you're not knowing that it's going to be you know five hours, eight hours right. to put this thing together, right? It's not. Right. It's going to take a week to put this puzzle together, right? Like right. you're not looking at it like that. All you're looking at is this vision that I was shown. Like I'm gonna have this dope barber school. I'm gonna have this dope barber shop. Um, and that's how I learned business. Like really, man. Like when I took that, when I opened up the box. And just started piecing it together piece by piece, whether that's a puzzle or a Lego, however you want to look at that analogy. Um, I just understood that God has shown me a vision, but that is the final version of it. While I am going into that, I have to walk into that vision. So, so many times um, it's just been learning business on the go. I think a lot of people look at entrepreneurship as this straight line, this linear thing that's, that you get to. And really what entrepreneurship, in my mind at least, is that you're going on a journey, right? And you get to a certain spot and you stop there, you resolve that, you figure that out, you learn that situation, and then you keep it moving and you go to another problem or something that you don't know or just this unknown, like, and then you figure that out and then you go to the next thing and then you look back and then you see this journey that you like, it doesn't feel like it was like that, right? Like, I feel like I started business yesterday. But when I look at it, it's like, dang, it's been 15 years. It's been 16 years. Like, so like, so I, I tell that as the precursor to where like we can frame it, right? So I learned how to manage employees by managing employees. I learned what a W-2 was. I went on the IRS website. I learned how to do payroll. Never did payroll before, right? Learned how to do payroll. I, I learned how to teach students teaching, right? Like just doing it. Like it's so funny that you framed it like that because that's how I learned. That is the school of hard knocks. It was not this passive thing. Um, it was literally me going out there shouting from the rooftop to where I put these expectations that the whole world was looking at me. Now I had to show up. Oh, you said you got a school? Now you got students that signed up for this program. Hey, they don't know that you're figuring this thing out behind closed doors. And you know, you just a couple of pages in front of them. But these people didn't pay tuition. These people didn't came to your school. Are you gonna are you gonna do what you need to do? Or are you gonna fold? And I'm not the type of brother to fold. So I figured it out as I went. You know what I mean? So a lot of it has been like like speaking it into existence talking to my wife, talking to other people about what I'm going to do. And because I kind of put that out there in a the universe, now I got to stick to it. You know what I'm saying? I said I was going to start it. I got to finish it. So like, I don't want to come up to this place where I want to act like high and mighty. You're looking at 16 years, 20 years of a businessman, right? But if you look, look at back in the day, right? I had less resources than many of us have today. It was no YouTube when I started. 
It was no, hey, I'm having a challenge in my business. Let, let me go see what 100,000 other people have opinions about the subject matter. And they've already done videos. They're already vetted. They already, right? It was none of that. Like, it wasn't like, I feel like all of these digital courses, all of these type of stuff. I, I, I equate it to this. When back in the day, Steve Harvey, I don't know if you remember, he used to have the sharpest line. Like when 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 you if you had the if you like that was the thing you aspire for, right? Like, man, yeah, I want the Steve, Steve Harvey. Harvey line. Right. Yeah, I want right? the Steve Harvey line. Right. Like people, um, and the reason why it was like that is like back in the day, barbers for the most part didn't even know how to do that. We didn't know nothing about vegan or be uh Beijing, Beijing. however you want to yeah. say it, right? Mm -hmm. Like, um, we didn't know anything about that. So like we didn't know it was all these enhancements and other things we doing like we just looking at his barber like man this man is the the, the truth like it's I wish truth, somebody man. would come out of here like that <laughs> because when we came up everybody kept information to themselves everybody kept information like on lock and key this market that we live in this is the sharing economy everybody's giving you game that's how you provide value that's how you that's how you gain an audience that's how you gain a community nowadays is that you provide so much game and so much value that people like they're, they're intrinsically indebted to you to where they'll buy your products they'll buy your service they're tapped into your conference whatever that is when i came up none of those things were available so i literally have you know 20 years in the game right now of just hard knocks Right. And I've always now in this position, you know, almost 40 years old, you know, I'll be 37 in, in two, two months. Right. Less than two months. I just want to help. You don't look other. it, brother. You don't look it, brother. Thank you, bro. Thank you. You know, that's that melanin, though. You know yes, what I'm sir. saying? Yes, I, I don't drink. I don't, I, don't, I don't be eating no funny stuff. So, you know, it helps. Hey, you but know it, man. Come on. Right. Um. So so what I was saying is like, you know, like so now I'm in a position to where I can help others. Right. Like I've been through it. And, you know, and I've been through it in a real way. So as you talk to me, you can hear that authenticity in my voice when I'm saying like, bro, stay away from that. Hey, bro, I mean, you could do your own thing, but this is how I would do it. But that's all everything that I learned has been through experience. And that's, you know, I'm, I'm thankful for that. And I'm able to reframe that and help another. But I would say in this market, if you're learning from experiences just on your own experiences and you're not learning from other people's experiences, you are a fool because you don't have to go through it that way. Whether it's the ABS tribe, whether it's Brother Cam making his courses, there is somebody that has been out there. And in this economy that we live in, the sharing economy, like you don't have to go at it by yourself no more. And you speak to a wonderful point because now that gets into what a lot of people talk about investing in yourself. Yeah. So you have a lot of people that are putting out courses or putting out ebooks or putting out, you know, content, giving you step-by-step -step guidance in whatever lane or niche it is that That's you right. want to be in. Right. So if I'm a young entrepreneur or just a brand new entrepreneur, if you will, getting started and listening to your story, you know, it's a lot of sacrifice that came into building what it is that you have today yes. you mentioned your wife twice could you yes. just speak to the audience about how important it is um to have a partner that is you know dedicated to the same grind that you have and making sure that you are moving forward yes sir um i think it is um picking your partner you can make or break you I'm gonna just keep. I'm gonna just keep a 100 with folks like the picking the right spouse, the right significant other, the right business partners. Right, it's the same thing. Business is a marriage. Like when people don't be realizing that, but it is the same thing. You pick the wrong business partner, you will go out of business faster than you you can even imagine. 
Uh, so I equate that to, you know, like, you know, the real, you know, the real marriage between, you know, a man and a woman yes, is that, you know, it take work, bro. And it take constantly trying to get back on the same page. My wife is not naturally just entrepreneurial. That was never really her dream. That was really never her vision. My wife support me. She believes in me. So she's willing to, you know, do what we got to do to be on the same page. But it's constantly recalibrating, coming back to keeping the big vision and what we, and you know, we both believe in generational wealth. We both believe in trying to build something for our my, my, our daughters, right? So those are the things that we keep coming to when we're having like a very tough time and maybe we're not on the same page. But you got to be on the same page. One of the things that I see people do is that imagine driving a car and one per person's foot was on the gas and the other person's foot was on the brake. This is a deep, this is a, yes, you're not getting any, you're not getting nowhere. And this is a very deep metaphor because people are experiencing this right now in their relationships, whether it be in marriage or whether it be the homeboys or the homegirl, like y'all got literally people in y'all lives that's allowing you to go nowhere. Like, like for, for the lack of better uh, words, like my brother Cam was just saying. It's very we if we on the gas, we gotta both be on the gas, right? If we if we if we rolling, it's hey babe, where are we going? Where are we trying to figure out? Like, what's the move? It can't be, hey, you sure you want to do this? Why we gotta do all of that? Well, you make six figures, why you wanna make a million? Like, those aren't the things that we're not the same. So even if you have a mate that maybe they're not like entrepreneur, I'm not saying you try to make and force your hand with everybody. Everybody has their own unique assignment and we got to respect that and we got to understand that. But as far as being on the same page, man, I really thank God for my wife when it comes to that regard to where like, you know, like literally my kids are in the, another another room. My, my, my wife is in her office right now and we really make this a family affair. You know what I mean? And I don't think I could have it any other way because I love my family so, so much. And I love business so, so much. I don't want one or the other. I want it all. And I believe that we can have it all, but we got to be on the same page and we got to continue to fight for that position every single day. Like the Bible says, the renewing of your mind. We got to renew our mind daily. Hey, like the way we was talking about it yesterday, it's, a, you know, like we got to keep it fresh. We got to be engaged. We got to understand why we are doing this and continue to make sure because maybe the why when we had before we had kids isn't the why now. So even having those conversations to make sure that everybody's still tapped in is super important. Uh, but you got to be willing to do the work. And it's so important who you who you pick uh, to be your partner, whether that's in life or in business. Yes, sir. So could you speak to that work life balance? You know, yeah. because a lot of brothers really uh, and probably sisters, too. So I can't, you know, just sit it in one category. Yeah. But, you yeah. Know, I want you to speak to the brothers. Um, as far as that work-life balance, because, you know, some of us, when we get into this entrepreneur thing, this business thing, it consumes us to the point where we don't have time for anything else. And then mm. the family starts to understand and see that, right? They start to pick up on that. And then it becomes an issue. It becomes an issue with the wife. It becomes an issue with the children, especially if you have children and things of that nature. So talk about the way uh, that you're able to balance running a barbershop, running yeah. a hair school, and still being able to give your wife quality time, yeah. your daughters quality time, especially with the daughters, because I got I'm a girl dad too, and they are rough on the dads. They are. They are. They are. The so please <laughs> help, help us out. Give us some game, brother. 
Yes, sir. I'm not going to say I got it. I got it down packed. I'm not saying that I'm perfect. That's not what Sean is here to do. Um, I'm just telling you that I'm striving and we continue to try to strive and, and do what we can. Uh, but some of the things that have worked for me um, is, is keeping a schedule, like and really being very cognizant of the only currency that we cannot ever recoup is time. And I think many of us, right, uh, we come up with a, not a lot of money and not a lot of resources. And we're very, uh, we give our time away very easily. Loose. We're really loose right? with very the time. Loose with the time right? Very, very loose with the time. Stingy with the money, but very <laughs> loose with the time. And really, I would really encourage people to, to flip that on his head and really realize that I would rather give time. Like when you start talking about employees and things like that, that's what I'm really doing. I could probably do the job myself, but I realize that I have a, a, a finite amount of time and I would rather keep my time and allow somebody else to be able to benefit about uh, being a part of hair science family by paying for those employees or those those contractors or whatever those might be. So I value my time so much, man. And uh, and I'm a very structured person when it comes into regard to that. You know, I will stop a certain thing. If that's all the time we got for it, that's all the time we got for it. And um, and I try to be very intentional about a lot of people say things are important to them, but then when you look at how they utilize their time, you can see that that importance is not, it's not a real emphasis on what they say is important, right? If I say that I'm a family man, then you should look at my life and my life speaks more than my mouth ever could. So when you come to my shop and one of the first rooms as you see is my daughter's room, where it's painted and it's all things. And you know, like we don't do no daycare, my kids are with me you already are subconsciously taking in my values and understanding. Then when you go a little bit deeper in it, then you see my wife has an office. Then you see all the way to the back of the shop. I have a, I'm already telling you what time it is. Yes, I'm a businessman, but we're not compromising family because at the end of the day, I love all of my customers, but after I'm gone, man, it's, it's going to be them little girls that's going to keep my name out there and hot in the street. Those are going to be the people that I really affect and have a lasting uh, uh, impression on. So I never get it twisted in that regards. So do I fall, you know, out of whack sometimes? Of course, uh, people use the word balance. I'm never searching for balance. I'm just, I'm, it's not work. It's not life balance. I'm just living life and business just ha happens to be a part of life and family just happens to be a part of life. You know, and me time just happens to be a part of life, but I'm never looking for these perfect equations to where it's uh 25% of my day is this. And then 40%, I look at my schedule and I say, what is important to you? Now, Sean, you know, you're the type of person that got to go into solitude and just kind of get your mind right. So let's make some me time. That's also, you know, your, your wife is a very important relationship to you. So how much time does that need to pr predicate for her to feel significant and for her to know, not just by what I'm saying, but by my actions that she's a priority. And I just lay those things out, man. What our calendar is one of the most beautiful things that, you know, we underutilize. If you would just put those things down and stick to those things that you wrote down, you will see a tremendous uptick in your life as far as productivity and the things that you, you know, and finding congruency between what you say and what you do. So I put those things down. Hey, I'm going to I'm going to spend some time with my daughters. I'm going to spend some time with my. And, and again, this is the thing of being an entrepreneurship for 16 years. This is what it starts to allow you to do. And this is what I'm so this is why I want everybody to experience it to live a life on your own terms. It's about freedom. Entrepreneurship is about freedom of choice. It's not really about the dollar sign. And so if you were making $100,000, but you were able to live life on your own terms and another person made a million dollars, but they're a slave to the situation, 
then you actually achieve more to me, right? Than the person that makes the million dollars because mm -hmm. you're living a life. I, I was almost in tears yesterday. I did a, uh, I, I finally did like a, uh, got my membership site up and I'm sure we'll talk about it. Yes, and sir. I gave a class and um, I just got chills. Cause after the class, I was like, I'm living my dream. I can't say that I, in every aspect, right? Like I know I want, I got higher money goals. There's things I want to do in my business as far as expanding. But ultimately I come in, I work with who I want to work with. My family is here with me all day. I probably spend more time with my wife than like the average of anybody that I know. I spend more time with my children than probably almost anybody that I know. I get to help young people get a skill set with teaching them how to how to how to how to be entrepreneurs and how to be barbers. Then I come into the ABS tribe and get to tap in and help black entrepreneurs, you know, figure figure this thing out in their head, their heart, their mind. Like I'm living my dream. Like I can't, you know, like, and I'm not saying again, everything is all good, but overall, man, it's it's so important. So I hope that kind of answers your question. I know I kind of went into another segment there, but I don't really look at balance, bro. I just look at life and just trying to keep all of those tanks full that are important to me is what I strive to do. And, um, and you know, like some days I do a little bit better than others. Yes, sir. And I think, you know, what really resonated with me was the value, you know, and one of the things that we talk about in ABS is value, right? Bringing value to the platform, value to the niche when it comes to business services and products, but now the value of the entrepreneur as it pertains to family, you know, yes. being able to have that freedom so you're not attached or in a contract for eight to 10 to 12 hours away yes. from your family, you know, and finding some type of congruency or harmony with the family and the business is such a beautiful, beautiful thing. So yes. oftentimes we are driven into entrepreneurship by a dollar sign because we told that you can make six figures, seven figures, eight figures in entrepreneur and, you know, and go on to these lavish vacations and all of that kind of good stuff. And that's a part of the deal if you do it right. Yes. But the, you know, but the satisfying factor, if you will, is the ability to have your time freed up so that you can, can cultivate right. what's really important, important to, to us you. as human beings, which is relationships. Right. So yeah. that's a, that's a beautiful thing. So you mentioned, you mentioned hair science and yeah. also what you have new, which is the side hustlers Academy, right? Yeah. So we got the yeah. side hustlers Academy. We got hair science. Now I want to ask you a two part question because I want you to get into the side hustlers Academy. Yeah. But before that, I want you to talk about hair science and how you were able to scale it to six figures, because most people I know with a business or a barbershop is kind of, you know, the service. Yeah. What else? What else is added to hair science that kind of allows you to expand? Yeah, man. Uh, great question. Great question. Um, I mean, ultimately, I've done it a couple of different ways and I tested it. Right. Like so I have a school. I have a barber school that has allowed me. Um, that was my initial first boom when I got to six figures. Then I kind of scaled the school back because I wanted to see, hey, if I needed to do this just off services, could I do it? And um, my best year yet was just kind of I wasn't it wasn't even due to students. Or the school it was due to just services and doing good services and building a really good um you know community of people that supported hair science and love what we were offering so i think ultimately it's about you know attracting your clients and keeping clients and so many times what people do is uh you know especially in the service industry is that we can do it one time 
you come in here, I'm gonna put on a show for you and I'm gonna get you to come back. But then that second time is not consistent. Then that third time is definitely not worth it. And then the fourth time they just showing their tail because they feel like they got you as a customer and they don't even want to earn your keep no more. Right. Nice. So like I have really prided on myself uh, with creating systems that whether it be students or whether it be employees, that they can run the systems and the systems is what allows us to run this business. So anything from, you know, how we're going to do a service, like I got something called the hair science experience, and it's literally a checklist of everything that needs to be done before this client gets out of the chair. So we break it down. You need to style his hair. You need to do a hot, uh, uh, um, you need to get all of the hair off the back of his neck. You need to do a, um, a hot towel shave on the back of his neck before he gets out of there. You need to make sure all of the hair is off of him. You need to do a lint roller to make sure that it's no hair, as much hair can be minimized before he get out this chair. We want to give him the extra touch, right? We want to make sure that we get all their information before they hop out of the chair. We also want to make sure that we pre-book them. We also want to make sure that they're following us on social media. We also want to make sure that they're, they're if they need any products that we've asked them or we've recommended a product. So this type of level of a consistency, I'm not trying to throw no shade, uh, Cam, but you probably haven't experienced the type of level of consistency that I have inside of my barbershop. It is a rarity. I used to try to dumb it down, but many times people don't want to go this deep and that's fine. And that's why I am where I am in a barbershop or in the barber business. And that's why people are where they are. I looked at it like if this was a franchise, what would need to be here? I well, read you, a book. You, you you went to the next level when you said lint rollers, brother. You yeah. Rolled it, you rolled, the, you rolled exactly. the lint off my you shoulders, know, You got brother, the hair all listen, over you. You still itching. Like, we don't play none of that, bro. I, it was a book that I read earlier in my career. It was called The E-Myth. The E-Myth. And uh, what it talks about is working more on your business and not so much in your business. And I know you hear that catchphrase all the way around, mm. but this is where it started. This is the foundation of where that started. And um, and he talks about this. And I believe even one of the analogies is actually a hairdresser inside of this book. And that resonated in my spirit very early on to where it was like, okay, like I got to start getting this stuff out of my head, getting it documented so that people understand the importance of processes, man. When I first opened the school, it was haywire. Everybody was doing all of they, they, they own thing. Like, you know, I actually made more jobs for myself because not only did I have to worry about my clients and them being happy. Now I got five or six other dudes that's cutting hair as well. Right. And they doing all over the place. But anytime anything goes wrong, hair science is going to be blamed for it. They're not blaming the barber that was in the shop. They're going to look at the big name that's in front of the building and go for, for, for that. So I realized that in order for us to scale and for us to really be able to duplicate basically myself. Right. So when you start thinking about business, once you get to a certain level of consistency, Cam, it's about making another cam. Right. And even if that cam is 80 percent, that cam is going to be good enough. You know what I mean? For you to really start building a model or avatar to where that's what it should look like. So I really encourage people very early on, if you're thinking about something that you want to be six, six, six figures, seven figures, um, a lot of the work has nothing to do about, you know, you cooking the best chicken. You cooking the you 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 cutting the best hair. It's really about these ins and outs of these systems that people don't really want to do. They don't really want to do that. They're very talented. They're technicians. They're they're very gifted at what they do, but they don't really want to work on business. So what I always aspired to do as I was I was raising my skill set, I was also raising my business acumen at the same time. 
to where I can talk to people that don't have nothing to do about the barber industry. And I could talk that vernacular. We can go back and forth and they could tell that I'm a man that's well learned and well studied when it comes to business. So when I decided to be a business owner, I knew that, yeah, I'm behind the chair, but I'm also still a business owner. Like I have to be a businessman. And I don't think a lot of us really take that to heart. Like I took it to heart. I really wanted to be the best. And, you know, and I still pride myself on there. And all this work that we've been doing for the last 15, 16 years, when we go to our next location, it won't be any of that, bro. The documents are there. The systems are there. It's easy. It's basically running a playbook uh, because you had a visionary that thought in that mind frame. So the way I was able to scale, the way I was able to get to six figures was really by looking at it and treating it like a McDonald's, right? Not the nasty food, but looking at the processes and looking at the systems and being able to steal this and steal that and being able to repurpose it for, for what I was doing and taking that very seriously early on to where now we almost got all of our systems. We got about 80% of our systems. Now it was really about revising and, re and re repurposing stuff. But we did a lot of the work you know, very early on, just knowing where we're going to go. And I think that's important. We always talk about it, knowing your why, knowing how you're trying to scale and things like that. Because when you know that, then you can start moving in a certain type of way. But when you're just reactive and you're just trying to be day to day and things like that, you'll never think like we're talking about, bro. You'll never think at scale. You'll never think about, hey, if I hired another person, how would this job need to do? How would training need to be like? And, and that's what holds people up. So I believe there are so many more people in our community that could bear the same type of fruit that I would bear if they were willing to work on those things. Um, those things aren't the cool things though, right? Those aren't the things that we we really aspire to do, but they're the things that are absolutely necessary if you talk about being able to consistently, not one time, not two time, consistently consistently be able to turn over six figures, consistently be able to, to, to shoot for seven figures and things like that. This becomes more necessary as you scale up. Wow, wow. You know, and... Again, you're talking about a lot of the stuff that don't nobody want to do, right? Don't, don't want to hear about go it. And get into, you know, we know we got to have an LLC and an EIN number and all of that kind of stuff. But then you're talking about systems and, you know, payrolls and all this kind of stuff that's just going to take up a lot of time yep. from me being able to do what I love to do, what I like to do, what I'm called to do, rather. And, you know, it's not the pretty stuff, but these are the things that go on behind Yep. closed doors yep. that allow for businesses to run themselves and for you to become to take yourself out of the business yeah and that's one of the biggest things that happen in our community a lot of our people are, are self-employed and are in the business but they can never remove themselves from the business because they don't know how so i think that's very important and you yes, speak sir. to a lot of those uh points about planning you know about being a, a visionary understanding okay this is my goal for the month for the next six months yep. quarterly you know, yep. I stress that a lot, thinking in quarters. As a business, you got to think in quarters. The yep. year's broken down in quarters as a business. Yep. So you have to be thinking about these different things in that manner. So now let's get over into the uh, Side, uh, Side Hustler Academy. Yeah. Okay, because that's something that you just recently launched. Yes. You know, again, you had your free class on Monday. Can yep. you talk to us about uh, the Side Hustlers Academy and what we can look forward to coming from that? Yeah, yeah. I... um. The Side Hustlers Academy is new, but when I look back at it, it's what I've been doing for years. So the, the, I, I teach my barbers to think very entrepreneurial. I don't teach them like now what my job is, is to prepare them for a state board exam so that they can get licensed. 
If I did that bare minimum, that would be me doing my job and me fulfilling my obligation. Right. Um, but when I when I graduated barber school and went into the real world and I started experiencing certain things, I realized that I was ill-equipped, that I wasn't prepared. Nobody told me that I need to be out here handing out cards. Nobody told me how to build a clientele. Nobody told me how to be consistent and be on time and do. Nobody told me that, you know, about a proper, proper etiquette and how we should wear and what we should say and what we should not say and professionalism. Nobody really stressed that. Now, they showed me a whole bunch of little techniques and I got really good with my hands, but they never really showed me the side of being a professional barber and for sure did not teach me about really entrepreneurial type of ventures and what that looked like. So I've actually been teaching this to barbers for over over 10 years now. Yes, sir. Right. Like the processes and, and what I do and how I think um, I'm going to keep it real. Sometimes with creatives, that's a very steep learning curve to really try to get them on the mindset of what it would take for them to really be successful, because many of them just think that it's their talent. And they mm -hmm. think that just being a great barber or just being a technical, you know, being a good haircutter, a good hairdresser, that that's where it stops. And as long as they do that, everything else could be a train wreck. They could be a hot mess in every other area. But as long as they're good in that department, then they're good. So it's been very difficult to really uh, get the appreciation as far as in my career field in that very narrow niche, um, because, again, a lot of guys don't believe in it. I got the experience over the last year to work with the ABS tribe. And I want to thank God for Ben and Jake, if nothing else, for exposing me to knowing that your gift has to be in the right environment. You could say the same things for 10 years, but if your gift is not in the right environment, it's, it's going to fall on deaf ears. Mm -hmm. And for me, I believe a lot of my teachings, you know, wasn't really catered for the audience that I was trying to force it, right? I was trying to make people see stuff. Not to say that these guys didn't get anything from it, uh, but I was coming in those classes, man, and heading a lot of the classes in the ABS tribe. And I was saying the stuff, same stuff that I've been saying for years. And I would see people applying it, like not only just sitting down and talking to me about it, but then I would look at their timeline and I'm like, golly, you, you, we really, we just had that consultation. <laughs> You just hit me in the DMs and they were just applying it because these were people that wanted the teachings. They wanted that my gift was suitable for this environment. And because of that, it was received better. So I got a lot of the stuff and the know-how and in the biggest aha moment for me last year was just realizing what I told you guys. Um, and we and, and Ben and Jake, they always preach starting your own communities getting out there, getting your own products, get your own services that we love you guys. And we, and we appreciate all that you guys do for this community. But the biggest thing that we can do to show that the teachers in the ABS work is by us actually getting our own communities, right. And being able to duplicate what type of success Ben and Jake have had. So I took that very serious when my, when my, my little big brothers told me that, and I went out there and that's what I'm doing right now is that there are some gaps that I see out there um, that I want to fulfill. I want to talk about nitty gritty business, rolling up our sleeves, um, you know, really getting down and doing a deep dive into people's businesses to where we can work on them week by week, day by day, have a community of our own and having a resource in myself uh, to be able to help guide and navigate people through that. 
So the Side Hustlers Academy is going to be just that. We're not trying to work. I'll tell you who it's not for. It's not for the per person that's still figuring out their business. It's not for the, purpose, the person that's still kind of juggling their purpose and things like that. These are for actual entrepreneurs that have businesses that we can actually start doing the surgery on. And we can okay. start really working. We're going to talk about stuff and okay. then they're actually going to be able to, okay, this is how you do a system. This is how, this is, this is the how to. All right. Next week, I want you to actually build a system. All right. All right. Let's revise that system because we see some hiccups. Now that we didn't show our team this system, it didn't go as well as we thought it would go as we, when we were actually making it. So that's what the Side Hustler Academy is. I think there's a lot of things out there. Uh, but nothing that I've seen uh, to the degree of what we're trying to do. I really, our mission is to help black entrepreneurs scale to six figures. So that is the, why I say to six figures, because once you get to six figures, you have a viable product. Before then, I don't care what nobody is telling you, you don't really have a viable product that you can scale. Now, if you just want, if you just want some side hustle and you just want something to make extra money, um, that's fine. But when you start talking about more locations, being able to hire staff and things like that, uh, you need to be at a bare minimum hitting that six figure mark. And also uh, to be able to do it for black businesses would be so special because only about, I think it's four to 6% of all businesses actually hit six figures in revenue. So to be able to do this with black entrepreneurs is just, you know, that would make my heart so, so happy. So I got a goal, man. I want to take 10 businesses to six figures this year. So that was one of my goals. And the Side Hustler Academy is going to allow me to be able to achieve that. Yes, sir. You know, and, um, you know, for those of you who are just joining us here in the campaign TV show, uh, I am your host, Brother King Cam, and I'm here with my brother, Sean Item, who has really been dropping bombs, giving us game, giving us a lot of his story, his experience uh, to get where he is today, family. So please, if you are getting anything of value, impact from uh, what you're hearing here today, please like, share, comment. Now, I want to put up some comments or some questions uh, from the audience, Brother Sean. Yes, sir. And, and Sean also, he, he made it very clear for those of you who may be interested in the Side Hustlers Academy now. He's not doing this for nobody who's unsure. He ain't yeah. doing this for nobody that, hey, man, man I, got this, I got this product, I got this business, you know, but you don't really have nothing set up. This yeah. is for those people who don't have no fluff. For, but, so for all well, of Let me say this, though, Brother, brother Camp, because we don't want to deter those people. Right. AVS tribe, come holla at myself, holla at brother Cam. We would love to have you on that platform because that's where we do that at. We do the foundational work in the ABS tribe. But for, for the Side Hustlers Academy, my brother is absolutely right. It's going to be a little bit more high level um, and that wouldn't be a suitable place for you. But the ABS tribe is definitely where you figure out that why, that purpose, how to make products, where to, where, you know, to build that network, build that community, build that confidence, emotional, spiritual support. So we got something for everybody, but I want to be very clear with my avatar as far as for Side Hustler Academy. Uh, Brother Cam is right on point, but ABS Tribe, definitely, man. Like that's a definitely good starting point. If you're just getting involved with entrepreneurship, um, I, I would start there. I'm glad you made that clear. Um, yes, sir. Absolutely. With the ABS tribe, we definitely want those unsure people yeah. um, that really don't know, still trying to figure out the why, trying to figure yeah. out what their purpose is, their passion. Come on over to the ABS tribe. We'd love to have you. We'd love to coach you up and get you pointed in the right direction. But if you are thinking about Side Hustlers Academy, then what we're not going to do is have you in there doing this. Stop the cap. <laughs> <laughs> Stop the cap right now. Stop the cap. <laughs>
No bullshit. Cause Sean gonna put you out. He gonna put you out. He gonna, gonna have you in there messing, messing with his time. He told you his time is valuable. He gonna put you out. Okay. So one of the questions from uh, the audience, uh, my sister uh, Sansa Ray says, "What would you say was the biggest roadblock you overcame with opening your school?" Awesome. That's a great question because I help people with that too. Uh, I think it's Sister Davis, probably. I'm, I'm not sure, but but uh, yeah, I help people with that as well. Opening up schools, uh, the the lack of just not knowing what I didn't know. Um, you know, I was very fortunate that the school that I did go to, um, it was a, a woman by the name of Rosalind. Uh, Miss Roz is like my my I, I call it my my beauty or hair industry uh, fairy godmother, right? Like she just has. She just has held me down. And uh, I was just very grateful to be able to have her to bounce ideas off of and stuff like that, because the school is pretty much going to run itself. But then it's little stuff like, you know, you're just not confident. Right. So people come in and making bad grades. What do I do? Do I kick them out? Do I keep them in the program? A brother don't never want to show up on time. Like, you know, should I let people use their own equipment or should I just. It's all of these little nuances that, you know, I was very fortunate to have somebody kind of, you know, I saw how she ran her school. And I saw the things that I liked. And then I also saw the things that I wanted to implement to make a name for myself. So, you know, just the hardest part was just not knowing those first few years of just, I would say, give yourself about two years when you start a school and just be fair with yourself and let your students know that. Like, I'm just starting this out. We're growing together, y'all. And people will be attracted to you and they'll be attracted to that situation. That was never something that deterred most people from coming to my school, right? So I would say like, even if you're starting out, don't let what you don't know um, be something that keeps you from doing it. If you wanna start a school, there's something there because I was the most ignorant person when it came to that whole process, but I knew I wanted to help people. I knew that I had a certain way that I wanted, especially for our situation, you know, give black folks an opportunity to go to a school where a person looks like them, been through their same experiences, especially in Alaska. That was a, that was very rare to go through and was also going to hold them to a higher standard than they may have been holding themselves to. So those are the important things that how to fill out this form and how to do that. Like that's the stuff that, you know, we can help you and we can show you easy that that stuff that the business will teach you the business but you know it's just far as the self-development and things like that and who i had to be to be a real mentor and be somebody that they could look up to uh for instance i was always late very early on when i had my school <laughs> now i'm telling these brothers you know every time they late i'm busting they busting their chops man like, hey man what what's going on we got clients you is it and then i remember a brother saying like but sean but you'll be late <laughs> and I remember my throat being like somewhere in my stomach. Like, I'm like, ah, it just hit me real hard. Uh, but I needed that. And I thank God for that young man for telling me that because that changed the whole way that I viewed leadership. Yes. Leadership is not just about a bunch of rules and a rule book that you put off on somebody else. Leadership is really you epitomizing the things that you say are important in the way, in the, in the perspective, right? So if I say that being on time and being a professional is important, then I should walk it and I should talk it just like I'm, you know, and I should live it just like I'm telling you. Um, and I, I did a lot of talking in the beginning. So, I mean, so school ownership, having these students look up to me, it really built me into a whole nother animal that I know that I wouldn't have been if I had just stayed behind that chair. 
Absolutely. I think you're talking about really accountability and yes. being that example. And as you mentioned earlier, you know, your actions speak louder than any words ever could. So, Correct. you know, as you give these principles, you know, it's very important that you embody them yeah. as leadership, as, you know, someone in authority and someone that other people look up to. That's very important. Uh, yes, sir. Sister also had a follow up question. She said, what avenue was your most favorite in marketing? Oh, social media. I was broke, y'all. Like I'm, I'm telling y'all, like I wish I know we got all of this nice stuff in the background, and it's kind of hard for people to conceptualize. But I was your broke entrepreneur. I could not afford a website, so the first hair science website was Facebook.com/backslash Hair Science AK, and that's where I did my Groupons. That's where I when I was in the on the radio. That's where I sent them because I did not, I didn't know how to do no website. It wasn't as easy as it is now, and I could not afford no website. So I would say, hey, everybody on social media, let me send them there. So I've been a very early adopter on social media because it's how I made my name. The most success, the most, you know, uh, big reputation builder has been off of social media. And I think a lot of people, they don't look at it like that. They don't look at content creation. They don't look at being a, a, a producer. They look at being more of a consumer. So they don't even realize what they have. In, you know, in our phones, in these laptops, right? But social media, bar none, bar none. Yes, yes, ma'am. Oh yeah, yeah. Love, love the social media. You can't, you can't go wrong with social media once you really understand. Yeah. Um, so, what we want to do now, Sean, is really, man, we want to. Um, let me see if sister had another. She had another question. Oh, okay. So, so you position yourself in an air in the area where it wasn't so saturated. Both saturated and unsaturated industries come with its pros and cons do you think your route would have been the same in a more saturated market mm, i think that's a good question but to me i think that's more of a mind frame because mm -hmm. knowing what i know right now i can go to the most saturated market and it's not going to be saturated for me because they not me right right that's they're not me like i'm not competing against it and that's the thing that we do so we compete against prices we compete against services we compete against all of these things that really is a never-ending type of deal to where like if that's what you're going to try to go after like yes that's going to be hard to fulfill that but when you start saying that you know hair science is going to be hair science and we're going to try to attract a following to hair science for the values that we have and the things that people can come to know us for, I think you set yourself uh, apart. And that's what I would recommend. So in any market, I believe you can do that. It just takes time. It takes consistency. It's not It's not the quick thing, right? Like, And that's what we've been talking about on this thing throughout. It's really just finding out what do you want to be known for? Who are you? What are those things that people continually say that they enjoy this about you? What are those things that you could just talk about for hours on end? Like, so for my barbershop, we have a lot of entrepreneurs that come here. You know why? Because I love entrepreneurship and I talk about it all the time. So they're going to be gravitated to my barbershop as opposed to maybe a barbershop where they can get a similar service. Because if all things are equal, they want to be somewhere where a person believes in the things that they believe in. Right. So I like think my, that's the like most my. important thing. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, Brother Sean, please let the people know where they can find you, where they can follow you on yeah. social media platforms, brother, so they can stay tapped in and uh, get all of the good information that you have for them as well. Awesome. So again, I wanted to thank Brother Cam for allowing me to be on his platform, man. He's had some heavy hitters on this on this podcast so i hope i hope i uh i hope i i hope i did them proud but you know thank you brother i i, I thank you for the 
from the bottom of my heart for the work that you do for our people, right? Like I never, I I, I know we're, we're, we're homeboys, but I never uh, want you to think that what you're doing is going unnoticed. If it is going unnoticed by anybody else, it's not going on unnoticed by me, man. I appreciate the work that you do and always being out there in front uh, for the culture, uh, speaking those hard truth, that truth to power. You know what I mean? And you always will have my support. Let me know if there's anything that I could do for you. Um, like you asked me where people can fo follow me, Hair Science AK. The AK is for Alaska. That's where I'm still at. We probably gonna have a bunch of these one day, right? But right now we're in Alaska. So that's that's where the hook is. So hair, like the top of your head, science, like the subject in school, AK. So put that all together. That's where you can find me. That's where you can find out about Side Hustlers Academy, a little bit more about the ABS tribe, uh, about hair science and what we're doing. And just an overall good brother, I think. A lot of people will find a lot of value on my page, especially when you see young black people uh, repping how we repping. So um, thank you again, Cam. I appreciate you, brother. Man, the pleasure was all mine, brother. I appreciate you for allowing me to have a little bit of your time, brother, so yes, that sir. you could come and talk uh, to the audience and really give those gems and, uh, again, use that information and knowledge, experience that you have to help push the culture forward, brother. So it's always an honor to be able to speak to some of the great great giants that we have among us that we oftentimes don't give the flowers while they live, but yeah. wait until after the fact to talk about what this brother meant, what this sister meant to the culture. So I like to make sure that we giving the flowers while our people live, dear brother. So I appreciate you uh, again, brother. And uh, man, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Likewise. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Peace. Peace.